Authorization required. Captain's log. The impossible has happened. Somewhere along this journey, we'll find a way back. Enter authorization code. We might have just discovered the first stable wormhole known to exist. Our mission is to go forward. It has just begun. There's still much to do. Still so much to learn. Security authorization accepted. Command codes verified. Transfer complete. You're listening to An Hour with the Continuing Committee with your host, Charlie Plain. Kevin, can I get you to introduce yourself? This is Kevin Yeager. Uh, just hanging out here with my puppy dog, waiting to talk. And Mr. Neal? How do we want to do this? We should add some credential. Kevin, you should introduce yourself <laughs> as, as this, this is Kevin Yeager, the, the 2008 world, uh, oh, former Neil, world champion. Neil, relax. Like Neil, everybody knows who you guys are. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Dr. I'm Dr. Kevin Yeager Esquire. I have way more education than... No, I'm just kidding. I'm just, I'm just yes. kidding. <laughs> I'm just... Awesome. We are all smarter than all of you. Yes. Bow down to all of us now. The weight of my credentials has destroyed your argument. <laughs> all right. So this is a special edition of An Hour with the Continuing Committee with me. As you've heard, uh, Kevin Yeager, who was one of my first guests and uh, former world champion, and Neil Timmons, also a former world champion, and he's not been on this show, but anyone who followed Make It So is probably very familiar with Neil. We want to talk about one of the more contentious issues brought up during the organized play review, which is the proposed use of differential in both first and second edition tiebreakers. So I think it would be helpful if we all start out on the same page and let's define differential. So, Kevin, give us your definition of what differential is and how you calculate it. A differential in the game of Star Trek is... Basically, it's the uh, number of points that you've scored on missions and so forth. Uh, that is, the, the points you've scored within the, the context of the game uh, towards your 100 points or more. And then differential is the calculation of subtracting uh, the winner's points, uh, subtracting that by the number of points that the loser scored in that game. And then that is your differential number. It can be positive or negative because you can theoretically win with having fewer points since you have, if you have more win conditions than your opponent. Uh, well, but that is the calculation that, as, as I understood it. It's actually my score minus your score, taken for both players. So if, if Kevin plays Neil and Kevin wins 100 to 65, Kevin would have a differential of plus 35, because he had 35 more points, so 100 minus 65. Neil would have his differential of 65 minus 100, or negative 35 points. So it, you, what you said is true, but it's it's always taken in the context of my score minus my opponent's score. And assuming no strangeness, uh, one person's will be positive and the other's will be negative. It could be zero if you had a true tie. Um, and we in in Jersey have played a bunch of differential, and we had a couple of of addendums to that. Well, let's let's let, we're not we're not talking about any special rules for it because for everybody to know we're well, on the same the, page. The first one is is that points over a hundred don't count. Well, that's always been so, true. That has always yeah, been true for Star Trek. And the, whoever's the winner only has 100 points. That has always been true for Star Trek. You never count above well, 100. The, the maximum is plus 100. The minimum is minus 100. And we're asking for a definition. That's right. Now, differential was and is still used in first edition games. And it it's used in conjunction with strength of schedule. So 
uh, you get three points for, in the current system as it is now, you get three points for a full win, and then in, in parentheses you would get your differential. So in the, in the game suggested earlier, Kevin would end up with three points with a plus 35 differential, and Neil would end up with one point with a minus 35 differential. And then when you go to pair subsequent rounds, you don't just put all the people with three points in a pile and randomize it. You pair highest differential down to lowest differential. So the two players who are three with 100 plus 100 would pair against each other. And then the person who is three and plus 65 would pair against the person who's three and plus 35. So it's, it's a tiered approach. It, it was discontinued when Decipher switched to second edition. And I, I don't know if anybody knows exactly why it was discontinued, but the big rumor was that it was discontinued so that Lord of the Rings and Star Trek would use the same scoring system because Lord of the Rings had come out before second edition and did not use differential, simply used victory points and then uh, opponent strength of schedule, which was created as the tiebreaker underneath. So in the past couple years, there's been debate back and forth about whether differential should be brought back to our organized play system. And so that is what Kevin and Neil are here to debate about. So Neil is of the opinion that we should be using differential as our tiebreak is as one of our tiebreakers. And Kevin is against that. So we're going to start with Neil. Neil, why don't you give us your your points and your, your basic argument about why we should use differential. And then we'll hear Kevin's opposing point of view, and then we'll go back and forth and ask and answer some questions. So, Neil, I'm going to turn the microphone over to you. All right. Well, I, I believe we should use differential as a, as a tiebreaker because differential is completely separate from strength of schedule. It also fulfills a couple of other criteria that would be important for a tiebreaker, and that is, is that the tiebreaker is not controllable before the beginning of the game, and it is able to be determined while the game is going on. So if we have a tiebreaker in a game, we need to have that tiebreaker not be controllable before the game, or everybody would just build to beat that tiebreaker. Uh, we also need to have that tiebreaker be determined during the game. So what the strength of schedule fulfills all of these criteria very well, and I believe differential also fulfills all these criteria very well, where it, it, it sets the players apart from each other in a manner that uh, comes from the strength of the game, and it, it also is, you, you can't control your differential until you start actually playing the game. Uh, I, I think differential has a, a, a much smaller ability to uh, to tie than strength of schedule. But what I would have been proposing is, is that we don't actually get rid of strength of schedule. We just add differential into the tiebreakers. And whether we want to put differential above strength of schedule or below strength of schedule, it, it doesn't really matter as long as we have two separate tiebreakers that are not connected to each other at all, but, but both and fulfill the criteria of not being able to be controllable before the game, must be determined during the game, and are able to break a tie with a large amount of accuracy. So, real quick, it, it, our current system has head-to-head -head first, obviously, then strength of schedule, then opponent strength of schedule, and then it gets weird. Messy. But yeah. it's going to get messy once you get past your third tiebreaker, no matter what system you use. So let's right. let's let's acknowledge that. Are you talking about replacing opponent strength of schedule with differential, or did you want differential I, before strength of schedule? I, if if I were king for a day, I would replace everything below strength of schedule with differential, so that we only have four tiebreakers. We'd have uh, head to head, and then we'd have. Er, yeah, victory points, I guess, would be the first one, and then and then head to head, uh, strength of schedule, and then differential. And if we acknowledge that no system that we could ever come up with could ever actually break every single tie in the world, uh, which they which they don't even do in in, in NFL football, uh, we should probably add something random at the 
end like a coin flip or a uh, chat room coin flip or chat room die roll or something that can break a tie if you can actually thread the needle of, of tying a game with both strength of schedule and differential, but that's a discussion for a different time. I would, I would propose that we replace everything below strength of schedule with differential and have just, just those tiebreakers because that way it's very simple. It's very clean. Uh, it, it doesn't get, you don't have conversations where you say, okay, so we have strength of schedule, opponent strength of schedule, and then some messy stuff. No, we have, we have strength of schedule, differential, and that's it. And we, if we're okay with ties, we shouldn't even put coin flip below it. If we, if we're, if we're not okay with ties, then we should put coin flip below it. But, but that way, we've got strength of schedule, which, which is very, very solid. And, but once in a while, strength of schedule just falls on its face. And then on the days where strength of schedule falls on its face, we have a completely, totally separate system to break ties, which would be differential. All right. Kevin, why don't you, why don't you give us your reasons why we, give us your argument for not using differential in general. Well, the general argument I have against using differential, and I guess I'm, I'm not advocating that you that it's that's completely banned from being used as a tiebreaker because I mean I I actually support the use of it as what I you know a last ditch effort tiebreaker you know higher than just a random coin flip which doesn't really determine anything other than just your random luck for one coin flip but you know definitely you know below what we have right now I I would never want to see differential be above. Uh, opponent strength of schedule or anything like that, but my pri and my primary reason for that is just simply the fact that I, I completely disagree with Neil that it's something that's it can't be determined before the game because uh, anyone who's ever sat down and played a card game with their friends in a tournament knows that amongst friends, even though there isn't maybe necessarily actual collusion that goes on, uh, you know, it's human nature to uh, be friendly, get along. Uh, it's also human nature to be ruthless and, and 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 prickish, I suppose is a good word. And beyond that, even there's just the reality that uh, you know one person can decide that they're going to throw a game before and without the other person even knowing about it. Um, and the reason why I don't like differential is is that at its very core, uh, it is it is still very manipulative very easy it's malleable it's very easily to easy to manipulate in a score because uh, if one person's winning and you're you know and uh, and the other person is um you know doesn't doesn't you know they know they're not going to win the game they can throw that game they can just sit on their thumbs and uh just sit there and give the other person the best you know the best differential that they could uh, whereas if it's a close, you know, whereas if it's a game where they don't think they're going to win, uh, but there's still a possibility, they still have a reason to fight and, you know, and they're not going to necessarily screw their friend over by trying to do so. Uh, both people probably want to win, but if you bring differential, if you bring differential into the game, uh, then you, you just inherently create situations where one friend may actually in a situation where it's kind of close, whether or not they even have a chance to come back. They may choose just to give up completely just so that their opponent uh, gets, you know, their friend opponent gets a better differential. And I encountered that when I played first edition all the time that, uh, you know, a person would actually just give up because they didn't want to screw the other person's differential over. Because in first edition, differential is actually a primary, is a primary scoring mechanism yet. And uh, two years in a row, what was it? Oh, Six and oh seven when I actually played the first edition world championship uh, at Gen Con, uh, I came in second both years because of differential. So I have a I have a strong dislike for differential based upon that. But um, and I didn't even play. I didn't even play. And this is my next reason. I didn't even play the person who won the tournament. We both had the exact same number of victory points. We didn't play each other, and I lost on differential simply because my first round game I didn't win a hundred to zero. And my opponent, you know, won 100 to zero all, all four games or whatever. And I just didn't win my first game 100 to zero. And so, you know, I just, I have a strong dislike for differential because 
you know, it's going to make, it's going to determine tiebreakers between people who never played, pod potentially never played each other. And, uh, two is going to, it's going to differentiate, it's going to separate people based upon just how, you know, when they caught an opponent. You know, it's the, you know, Neil and I both love football, so Neil can understand this, that, you know, it's not just who you play, it's when you play them. And, you know, if you catch someone on a bad, on just in a bad game, they had a bad shuffle, deck's not drawing right, you know, whatever. It's like your differential score is going to be skewed by random chance. It's not going to actually reflect your abilities or your talents. It just doesn't do that. And, you know, so one game where you had just everything fall your way, even though you had a really great opponent, it doesn't, you know, your differential score does not reflect that. Differential does not accurately reflect anything in the game, as, as far as I'm concerned. But my primary, and this is my biggest point, I'm actually saving my, my, I'm actually saving my largest point for the end here, and that is that my understanding of having, you know, of, of Star Trek Second Edition, having played it now for many years, is that the game itself was designed to be much more balanced and allow for people to make uh, a large push. You know, you can go from being down 75 to zero to winning the game 100 to zero, you know, in a heartbeat and in the blink of an eye, you know, and uh, so differential doesn't really accurately, in, in Star Trek, differential is not going to accurately reflect what actually happened in the game. Uh, you can win 100 to, you can win 100 to 75, but it could be, it could have been, you know, it could have been actually a game that wasn't even close. The, 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 the opponent scored those 75 points, you know, as a last-ditch effort before they ultimately lost anyway. Or you can have a 100-0 game that was actually really close because the person chose to crop-dust their missions as opposed to actually solving any of them. And see, and, and then I guess my next point is, is that there are, when you, if you include differential as a tiebreaker, you encourage and discourage certain strategies in the game that are, I think, legitimate strategies that shouldn't be affected by that. Crop dusting missions is one of them. Battle is another. Uh, if you allow differential, you actually discourage battle because battles can be time-consuming. You're not scoring a lot of points from it. And when you get to the end of the game, when you make a big push, you know, if time simply runs out on that battle player, they may have had complete command of that game for a long period of time. And differential is only going to give them uh, just a few number of points. I mean, they may they may win eighty to sixty because they were busy battling as opposed to just pounding missions. So differential encourage it really just super encourages mission solving and really discourages crop dusting. It super discourages battle and things like that. And I don't think that that those sorts of things should be affected. All right, hang on one second, gentlemen. I'll be right back. That's so fun. So that the point that Kevin brought up, Neil, about discouraging interaction versus encouraging mission solvers is probably one of the most common complaints about the use of differential in second edition. Uh, actually, I, I think I disagree with that. And, and the reason I disagree with that is, is because it, it, in interaction, specifically battle decks, uh, so many so many battles involve scoring points. So if you're involved in a battle which may take one of your turns up, you may score uh, half a mission's worth of points. You may score 10 or 20 points uh, involved in, in a battle. And, uh, or, or, as I have done before, you could score as many 30, as, as 30 points if you're involved in a combat. So if you're taking your turn to not do missions, but yet you're scoring a half a turn's worth of missions, then in two turns worth of battling, you could have scored one mission's worth of points which is like attempting a mission twice and completing it. So I think actually differential can encourage battle if people are using it for points. And now, as far as now just, battling... Just to be clear, hmm? all of the successful decks over the last three years that have battled, and I, won't, I shouldn't say all, but the, the most notable ones, including the one that you took to the, the World Championship, did not particularly battle for points. You were battling to set back the opponent. Is right, if is right. that strategy, you know, hurt by the use of differential? Uh, 
I was actually just getting to that point, uh, saying that battles that don't involve points, uh, battling that doesn't involve points is, should be geared toward stopping your opponent from, from scoring points. And, and furthering your cause. I, when I talk to people about, about how to build decks, I always talk in terms of, of speed decks and wrenches. Uh, I personally don't think that I can build the fastest deck ever, uh, nor can I build the fastest deck in every game. And so instead of trying to build the fastest deck, I try to build a fast deck that has the ability to throw wrenches at my opponent so that I will be faster than you because you have to do with my wrenches. In that case, the wrenches that I throw at you, which may be battling and maybe all sorts of other stuff, is geared towards stopping you from finishing your missions before I can finish my missions. But that type of that type of strategy, I, I don't really think is hurt or helped by using a differential system. I, I think that's going to be interacting with your opponent to slow them down uh, is just for the sake of stopping them to do missions. All right. Well. What about the alternative strategies that don't involve points? Like crop dusting was one that Kevin mentioned, but infiltration is another one. It's 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 a very slow, meticulous strategy that usually does not involve scoring points. Right, and I actually have a better example for that, but I'll, I'll take these in order. Uh, crop dusting, uh, like 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 Kevin said, we're both fans of football, and if you take the football down to the five yard line. Uh, it doesn't count until you actually put it in the end zone. Uh, if you, if you, if, if you surrender the football on the two yard line, uh, they don't put points up on the board. So if you put six dilemmas under a mission, but fail to complete it, uh, I, I gotta be honest, that doesn't count. <laughs> till, till, till you, till you put it in the house, you don't get points on the board. Right, but so, we're not talking, we're not talking. Just to, just to, just to kind of like respond to that, to that, uh, uh, that point. Um, Basically, what I'm what I'm really saying is, and I understand what what it is that you're saying, Neil, and I, I completely understand that. What I'm saying though is that I, I just to build up what Charlie said, um, infiltration is not exactly a strategy that is known for scoring points. It's known for it's known for right. making your opponent walk through a swamp before he ever gets. You know, I mean, it's it's really right. no I, different. I, I, I got I, I got a better example. I was addressing the company crop dusting one. And, 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 and yeah, I mean, if you're gonna, if you're gonna, if you're gonna do missions but not complete missions, then you don't deserve the points to finish those missions if you, if you haven't finished them. Now, let me get, let me get you a better example. Here's the better example. I have an evil archer deck that keys are on no win situation. And the, 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 the keyhole dilemma of the whole deck is the temporal conduit. Now, the idea with this deck is, is that I'm almost willing to just spot you the first mission. Because if I give you a mission, then I can open up temporal conduits, and your second, and most likely your third mission, are impossible because you encounter two or three dilemmas every turn, and you net zero dilemmas because you encounter dilemmas that don't go under, and then the one or two dilemmas that you do encounter that do go under get whisked away underneath the mission that's complete. So when I when I build a dilemma pile for that deck, I always build it with the idea that I let you solve that mission, so I have a place to put dilemmas so that your second and third missions are even harder, specifically your third, because you're probably going to get your second mission back. Okay, that's okay, well, it's, you know, it's, okay. And that's, and that's fine, and that's, yeah, okay. that's fine, you know, and I, I understand what it is that you're saying, but my point, though, is that you discourage those strategies because uh, if you get to a high-level tournament where you end up having a bunch of number, a bunch of a number of rounds, 30, 30 points, 35 points might be the difference between you being in first place or you being in second place. I have experienced that reality. Yeah. And if you if you get to a high level tournament, you're based and you're and you have differential as a primary or somewhat close to primary form of tiebreaker, then what you're doing is you're saying is that you probably what you're telling everybody who shows up to that tournament is is you probably shouldn't bring any strategy that isn't going to get you points as fast as possible. And outrace your opponent significantly because those 35 points, those 65 points that you didn't score that you gave up to make your strategy work are going to turn right around and bite you in the rear because, you know, it's, it's, it's discouraging. Differential discourages mid-range decks. It discourages mid-range strategies. And anything that is not as efficient as possible is being discouraged by the use of differential. And also, I want to interject and say that I don't agree 
the, I don't think the football analogy that you use, Neil, is a, is really the equivalent of what's going on, because I don't see putting dilemmas under the mission as getting to the five yard line and then kneeling the ball four times. It's really starting your drive closer and closer to their end zone, right? So you know each dilemma under is ten yards closer to the the goal line than I start my drive. And shouldn't that be a valid strategy? I mean, yes, you're right. If you don't actually get it across the goal line, you don't score any points. But shouldn't making it easier for you to do later be a valid strategy? If if you you start closer and closer to the end zone, it still doesn't count until you score. And, I mean, that's... I understand that, that that's kind of a strategy is to get a bunch of dilemmas under admission without completing it so that you can uh, use either bonuses that, that you get uh, without completing a mission uh, or other such things. But but that's, I mean, I think you run a terrible risk. I, I want to get back to some of the points that were brought up during your guys' arguments. Um, it's Kevin, it seems to me that one of the big arguments for the use of differential is that it's significantly easier to calculate than opponent's strength of schedule. What, I mean, does that factor in at all, that the amount of time it takes tournament directors to calculate, especially in large tournaments? Not really. I don't think so. I mean, I've run a number of tournaments, and uh, having to go to opponent's strength of schedule never really deterred me from anything. Uh, If anything, the only thing it didn't, the only thing it did do is encourage me to uh, be more prepared and to utilize the resources that I had at my disposal, namely uh, playing in venues that had wireless that had wireless connections and inputting results into the tournament software on the web on on Trek CC uh, as the tournament was going on or as soon as it was over. Let the computer do it, and there you go. I had results instantaneously. I don't see that as a as much of a reason. Uh, to go to deter, you know, I, I don't, I don't see the difficulty of opponent strength of schedule being a deterrent because the only thing it really says is just be more prepared and find alternative solutions that still allow it to work. You know, I mean, the, just because it's a road that's tougher to travel doesn't mean it's not the road that you should be traveling. Well, what, what do you say to that, Neil? I mean, does it does it really matter what we're using to calculate ties as long as we have? a piece of software available to do it for us? Well, I, I have two responses to that. And uh, the first one is, is not all venues have wireless uh, access points and not all tournament directors bring uh, laptops to their to their tournaments. And so it can be messy to figure out who actually won or who actually placed second through fourth uh, in the tournament once you figure out who actually wins. The, the, the second point that I have for this is that uh, opponent strength of schedule is connected at least partially to strength of schedule. So if you have a strength of schedule tie, there's a chance and, and a very good chance that your opponent's strength of schedule will be tied as well. And so that means that you can have a, a strength of schedule tie but not actually satisfy your tie when you get to the next tiebreaker. That's the biggest strength uh, for differential to me is is that it it satisfies all the criteria of not being able to be controlled before the game, but then it has nothing to do with with differential or with strength of schedule. So when strength of schedule is equal, we have a second tiebreaker that is just as strong, but is 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 not connected at all. So it will actually break ties. Okay, look, look, that's actually an interesting point I want to bring up. In in first edition, mission point values ranged anywhere from ten <laughs> to sixty on the on the value of the missions itself. Not to mention you could score single points, you could score seven points, you can score three points, you can score X points. The the variety of points that you can score in a second edition game is really there's only twenty options 0 to 100 right. by 5 and, and and having judged as many tournaments as I've judged final scores 10 and, and it's I will it's gotten better lately with 40 point missions but final scores traditionally in second edition tend to be 100 to 70 100 to 65 100 to 60 135 
65, 30. They tend to be five values or so. It, is it really going to be breaking that many ties if points are limited to multiples of five in second edition? Well, in in all systems, there's always a chance that, that people are going to come out equal. And it doesn't matter what system we go with, even strength of schedule, which I, I think strength of schedule is the, one of the strongest and, and best tiebreakers that we've got. But even strength of schedule has failings where we can come up tied. And there's just no way around it. These two guys are tied. Uh, like Kevin was saying, uh, in tournaments where two people don't face each other, where so you, so you don't have any sort of a tiebreaker until you hit strength of schedule. You can just you just come up with the same score, and, and, and there's just nothing you can do about the what makes differential so strong. If we put differential below strength of schedule, is that the, the differential is not tied to strength of schedule at all, and there's only twenty point values. Except there's not because you play three even if you play three games. Now there's sixty points that one opponent can have. I'm sorry, 120 points, because you actually have a range of 200. Uh, you can lose by 100, you can be equal, you can win by 100. So there's 120 points that one person can hit, and there's 120 points that another person can hit. So you're looking at a range of 240, and that's only over three games. And it only gets uh, uh, linearly larger uh, as you add rounds to the tournament. Uh, so when you're talking about trying to get strength of schedule equal, and then on top of that trying to get differential, to be equal uh, because they're not connected. I think that that the the chances of, of of those two being equal is is so phenomenally low that we can be comfortable that 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 we're not really going to see it. And as I put up on a forum post uh, somewhere, it, we as the continuing committee in the back, if we actually see somebody tie both strength of schedule and differential, we should send them up. We should send them up for them. Because if you can thread that needle, then you should buy a lottery ticket. <laughs> Kevin, one of the things that Neil said is that uh, differential is not a tiebreaker that one can control before the tournament starts. I, I, I would also argue that opponent's strength of schedule is even more out of your control. Because once you spend the hour playing your opponent, you have absolutely no influence over what that opponent does in all of his subsequent games or what he or she has done in his prior games. Is that a, a strength or a weakness to opponent's strength of schedule? I would say it's, uh, well, I mean, if, if Neil's argument is that, you know, one of the biggest strengths of differentials is unpredictability, then, you know, I guess Neil argues my point for me that, you know, opponent's strength of schedule is, is more preferent, it is more preferential because it, uh, is something that you have absolute, the only, the random chance and the tournament director and, how things play out are the only things that determine that. And, uh, you know, just to, uh, I don't know, it's, I, I, any way you look at it, we're always going to have positive and negatives to every one of the tiebreakers that we use. There's always going to be plus or, you know, reasons for, reasons against, and so forth. Just in my mind, what's important is, is that the reasons for, as we go, as we go higher up on the list, the reasons for are much greater than the reasons for of the one below it. And in my mind, differential doesn't have enough reasons for it to place it above opponent strength of schedule or anything like that. And if anything, it has a lot much longer list of negatives than either of those two things. And, you know, if you're arguing that unpredictability is one of the strong points for differential, you have to acknowledge the fact that it's, it's also on the list of pros for strength of schedule and opponent strength of schedule because you didn't walk into the tournament knowing who you were going to play and you didn't walk into the tournament knowing who your opponents were going to end up playing over the course of the day. So, well, you know, those all just kind of wash out. with That reason just washes out with all the other reasons. Let, let me go back to a situation you mentioned and I want to give you a hypothetical and then <laughs> tell me if that's the situation you were thinking. You, you mentioned friends not necessarily colluding together but but, you know, jobbing for one another so that you, you you sacrifice your position to put over your other friend. Uh, if, if you and I were, were buddies going into a tournament and I'm sitting at uh, three and four and you're sitting at five and two going into the eighth round and I pretty much have no chance of making it into the next level. 
in a yep. in a system without differential, if I just concede the match to you, it doesn't affect your your standing whatsoever. You get three points and that's it. Yep. If same as if I'd won. It, yeah. If same as if you had won, which may or may not be an inevitability, but me beating you only hurts your chances, whereas doesn't do anything for me. If differential is used and I concede to you, you get a plus one hundred margin, which is a huge benefit. Is that the type of situation you were you were talking about? Exactly. That is exactly the situation that I'm talking about. You start getting to round seven, round eight, and you just randomly sit down next to somebody from you know that you play all the time, who's a friend of yours, and you know, kind of a you know, he, you know, especially in Star Trek. Okay, like. Those of us who play this game, we all know each other for the most part. I mean, we're all friendly with each other. We're all, you know, by and large, we're all pretty cool with each other and we like to get along. And, you know, if someone who has a type A competitive personality like myself, I show up to a tournament, I sit down next to, you know, I sit down in, in round eight across from my best friend Nate randomly. Just that's how it ends up working out for whatever reason. And, you know, there's going to be. That that uh, that socio political element of well this guy's my best friend and if my opponent you know and if Nate doesn't have a chance of making the tournament well he's gonna he he may decide without even saying anything to me without me asking he may decide that he's just gonna throw the match because he knows it helps me I'm his best friend he wants to see me do as well as I can and I can't say that I wouldn't do the same for him and you know in, in a game where Especially in Star Trek 2nd Edition, this is maybe a point I missed earlier. In Star Trek 2nd Edition, actually I did touch on it a little bit. 2nd Edition, it's, it's, it's a lot easier to score points in 2nd Edition than it was in 1st Edition. That's why Differential was kind of important in 1st Edition. It was a lot more difficult to score points in 1st Edition. And also, it was a lot easier to lock people out in 1st Edition. You could lock somebody out 100-0 to zero just because you blew up every reporting source that they had on an opening turn and in second edition you really can't do that and so you know points are just easier to come by in second edition and that devalues the at the very base it devalues the nature of and, and the quality of every five points that you're scoring in second edition and it makes them it, it really makes them it marginalizes them and it marginalizes their significance and i said this before i mean if you whether you win 100 to 75 or you win 100 to, or 100 to 0, that score does not reflect exactly what happened in the game. And if the whole point of a differential is to reward a massive victory massively and reward and and minimize a close defeat, you know, but a score could be 100 to 0 and it could have been a close game or it could have been 100 to 75 and it really actually could have been a blowout. You know, that so it doesn't, it just, differential in second edition just doesn't work because the nature of the game is different from first edition to second edition. And, you know, if, if you've got two people sitting down next to each other and you have a hundred to zero score, you know, and those two guys are friends, you, just, you can't help but look at it and say, wow, you know, I cannot believe that you blew the guy out a hundred to zero in second edition. You know, right. I, 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 I cannot believe that you, that, you know, I find it hard to believe that you blew the guy out 100 to zero because it's hard to do that in second edition. It's really hard to win 100 to zero in second edition, and then when that happens, those 35 or you know points that you basically got for free because you can almost assume that you can solve one mission in second edition. So that's an additional 35 points of differential that was just handed over without any work at all. And you know, I understand that you can concede in, in first edition as well. But, you know, 100 to 0 differential in 1st edition wasn't nearly as meaningful. So. Alright, Neil, how do you respond to that potential situation where a player jobs a game to put their buddy over and it, 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 yeah. that gives you a bigger bonus with differential than without? Is, is, it, is that a concern or is that something that... What are your thoughts? I understand what, what Kevin was saying there and... Uh, that, that's what I, there's been a lot of talk on the boards about what, where we should put differential. And that's why I personally think we should put differential below strength of schedule. So if your buddy throws a game, he's hurting your strength of schedule. And 
and and and and he may I mean he may be helping your fourth tiebreaker, but he's hurting your third tiebreaker. So if if he throws a game and 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 scores as few victory points as possible, then then you have to get by your strength of schedule before before that hundred to zero victory comes into play. And that's that's actually been my argument that that I had not said through a couple of the the different arguments against differential that that Kevin has brought up is 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 differential doesn't doesn't handle uh, certain games properly or whatnot. But but that's why it needs to be below strength of schedule is because uh, it's it, it it I don't think it's better than strength of schedule. I think it's better than all of the other alternatives to strength of schedule. And it doesn't have anything to do with strength of, strength of schedule, so it should be below strength of schedule. So that, I, I guess that, that, okay. that's it. Uh, to, to touch on opponent strength of schedule uh, re real quick, because that was brought up, uh, the, the counter argument to, strength of, to opponent strength of schedule being just as strong as differential, because neither of those are, are predictable before the game, the difference between those is, is that Opponent's strength of schedule uh, can fall on its face for the same reason that strength of schedule can fall on its face. Differential can also fall on its face. It can also be tied too, but it's for a totally different reason. So if we have uh, two two systems that that uh, are both sufficiently random, but one is connected to the higher up uh, tiebreaker then we should choose the one that's not connected to the higher-up tiebreaker so that we don't have a situation where we just we just look down all the tiebreakers and they're all they're all the same so you end up with four people who are first place and two people who are fifth place in, in, in the tournament one of the factors one of the underlying questions that isn't hasn't really been talked about much is why there has been such an increase in ties over the last 3 years versus the previous three years. And, and, and I've identified three factors to that. The, the, the original system that we're using, the, the strength of schedule, opponent strength of schedule, all that, was designed for six-person minimum tournaments. And when the continuing committee took over, one of the first things that was done was lowering it to four, which also had the side effect of creating more round-robin situations, which, again, the current system we're using was never intended to be used in a round-robin scenario where everybody plays everybody else. And the most common example of that would be a four-man tournament playing three rounds, everybody plays everybody. The tournament, the, the tiebreaker system just doesn't work in that scenario. And, and the third factor is the, the increased desire for larger tournaments, for more rounds. You know, we, we want everybody to play, we love everybody playing, but when you have eight people playing five rounds, that messes up the, the math. You know, the, the question is, I guess we'll go with you first, Kevin, is is the problem really that the entire system isn't meant to handle round robins and four-man tournaments and larger tournaments? Is that really the problem with why we're having so many ties, or is it just the tiebreakers? Oh, gosh. I don't, I don't know. I... I'll actually identify an additional issue, and that is that I think the quality of the playing has gotten better, too, over time. I mean, the people who play second edition now are obviously better at playing it now than they were playing it when they first started playing the game. You know, the first three years of the game, uh, you know, was one thing, and then those a lot of those same players are still here and, and, and so forth. And, you know, just as the game evolves, the people who play it get much more sophisticated at playing it. And so you see, I think, and this is might be my opinion, but my observation has been is that you see less dominance in tournaments, even if they are small round robins and so forth. You just see less dominance as time goes along. You know, I mean, I just I'll, I'll use a personal example uh, around here in my small play group in South Dakota. You know, the the five guys that I have here in myself. I'm not nearly as dominant over them as I used to be because they have gotten better at playing the game. They've observed my playing. They have, you know, emulated me. And, of course, they've just figured things out on their own and, and so forth. And I just I don't dominate like I used to. As time goes along, uh, when you reduce the amount of difference between the players, you're going to end up having closer 
results over the course of the tournament because you're going to have more situations where you have more upsets. You have more parity, you have more upsets because an upset doesn't mean as much at that moment. And, so, and as, a, as a corollary, you have more modified wins. More, and more as time. a corollary, you have more modified wins. And, yeah, as, the game itself, and as, the game, as the game itself becomes much deeper and richer with more and more cards and more and more inter- potential interactions, uh, the game has a natural tendency to maybe slow itself down a little bit, and so you end up with more, more, to, more, more games going into time. That's that's what we refer to as regression to the mean. But I believe the question was was uh, how do we does the will the preference system deal with that? If we if we if we don't have dominant players and we have everybody regressing to to the middle, will the current system handle that, or is it is it is the system fundamentally flawed? Well, it's it's not. Yeah, no, yeah, it's I'm not sorry, just. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't really answer. <laughs> That I I I I, I, I built up Charlie and that's the answer to the question. Um, well, you know, I guess too. I, I I don't really. I guess I don't really know if I have an answer to that because, you know, it's it's hard to identify when you have three or four different. I, I realize I'm copping out here, but when you have three or four different potential answers and they might all ha- be having their own interplay on exactly how things are turning out, you know, it might you know. I think what we're really, this whole discussion that we're, the three of us are having here is mainly about, you know, if we make a change, how incremental does that change need to be? And Neil's point is to put differential right below strength of schedule, and my point is to put differential down at the bottom and have it be behind everything else that's even going to be put on there at all. So I, and, and so I guess my thought is, is that, you know, if we, if, since we're seeing this sort of thing, I don't. I don't see any reason to change things the way they are because even if you end up with ties in small tournaments and so forth, you end up people with people who are literally tied for second place or whatever. That's fine. That's not the same as being tied for first place. And if you put differential higher up on the list, you create such you can create situations where people will literally be where two people who you know may have been tied up at the top are now being. They're now they're now one person taking second place because, uh, you know, because it just one person happened to have a better game than another person, or their opponent played a little bit lower game than they probably should have, and you know that's just random chance. And I guess I just I don't know. Yeah, but but, I, but that counts that if you play a little bit better game, then you should deserve to win. If you play a little bit better game, but you just catch the right person at the wrong time or the wrong person at the right time, you know. Yeah, but that's part of the game. I just don't think that that should have as much weight to added to it as what you're advocating, Neil. I, I don't, I don't think that, uh, you know, the system, if you have a small tournament, okay, the question right now is if you have a small tournament and you have a tie and you, our system as it is is creating ties in these smaller tournaments, okay, that's fine. Let's incrementally add in differential at the very bottom of the list. And then if you get to that point, then that's great. You know, you can use differential in small, tournaments, small local tournaments where you end up having people being tied for second place or whatever, or these round robin tournaments and so forth. We have people tied at the top and they, they tie all the way down the list a long ways. That's fine. But if you put differential higher up on the list and you put it number three on or four on your list of tiebreakers and you go to a large tournament where you don't where you do not see those kinds of issues, you're 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 just, you know, you're you're pushing the scale way too far in the other direction. You know, you, you know, you're. It's it's about trying to balance the picture on the wall. You're trying to straighten that picture on the wall. And the farther up you put differential, the bigger the picture, the more noticeable. The easier it is to flip that picture too much to the other side. Then I mean, you're just it'll right. just re, it'll it'll just it'll just become crooked the other direction that much easier then. So, you know, you're. you're I, I understand that, and I I believe your point is valid. Uh, and the the counter argument I, w- I would have is is that when we get into the big tournaments, we never get below strength of schedule because strength of schedule seems to handle the big tournaments. It's not it's not the big eight round tournaments where everybody runs into to a whole bunch of different people. It's the the tournaments. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. The tournaments where we have only four or six people, where you play only three or five rounds. And you have a round robin situation where strength of schedule and then subsequently opponent strength of schedule kind of factor each other out. And-
and we're left with if 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 everybody beat everybody, uh, then we're left with with everybody being tied because there's no way to determine uh, victory on top of that. Sure, and I guess I guess one of the the biggest here's one of the biggest reasons I have for why I I, I do not like differential and start in second edition as as a tiebreaker, other than to place it at the way at the bottom, is that if you bring in differential into Star Trek second edition and Charlie said something earlier in this discussion where it was early on uh, differential was not included the scoring system was set up the way it was because Lord of the Rings had this exact scoring system and so forth but you have to keep in mind though Star Trek 2nd Edition was created after First edition, it was created after. They didn't start creating second edition until after Lord of the Rings was created. You cannot tell me that they did not design second edition in such a way that part of the, there there was not a meeting at some point during the development of Star Trek Second Edition where they didn't talk about okay, how is this? What is the nature of this game, and how does this game? You know, what's going to be the best scoring system? You can't tell me that those two factors didn't play into each other. That at the same time they were saying what kind of scoring system should we have you can't tell me there wasn't a bit of a the reverse of that it's that okay we want to have this scoring system so how do we make the nature of the game play with that the best that we can and since differential was probably it was it was legislated against in the design of second edition i think why how can we say that we should include differential as a tiebreaker because it's essentially cracking at the fundamental nature of the game then you're essentially you're you're, you're trying to you're, you're you're trying to put a new build a new foundation underneath an existing house when you when you do that with the, if you try to use differential you're trying to put you're trying to put a new a totally new foundation underneath the house one that was not designed to have at least that's my that's how i see it I can't say for yeah. sure, but I would argue that the decision to limit points in second edition to fives is probably what stemmed from that meeting about this is the system we're going to use. If you, I don't think it was, I can't say that it was, let's build the game to never have differential. I think it was probably more along the lines of, we know we're going to use this scoring system that doesn't have differential in it. How can we use that knowledge to simplify second edition? And from that thought process came, well, we'll just put points on multiples of fives. So, sure, and, that, and that's really what I'm yeah, saying, Charlie, is that, is that basically, I mean, once, because once you start, I mean, you know, building a game, it's like building a house. You you start with the foundation, and then you start putting the house on top of it, but you cannot you cannot build those two things independently of each other you cannot say that we're going to have this kind of foundation but this kind of house that doesn't that is not going to sit on top of it very well or vice versa so once you actually meld that house and that foundation together you can't you can't come along years down the line and say actually you know what we're going to do we're going to go ahead and pull that foundation on we're going to go change that foundation now i mean you, can, you just can't do that i think using the house analogy is not necessarily a good analogy because we would have a a, a very skinny house with 23 floors and and 24 in development, and there have been lots of cards in previous sets that received errata or received repair uh, because they, because they didn't uh, fit with the whole situation. And we've had uh, sweeping rules changes uh, because the game has has not has not d- developed a, in a clean, concise manner. But I think that we can't actually speculate what happened behind the doors of Decipher because we just don't know. We just don't know if Decipher, if, if Differential came up or if it didn't come up or if it came up and, and was struck at the last minute uh, or or what they talked about because uh, none, none of us were there at that time. Well, I'm tempted to call Brad and have him jump on here and answer yeah. that. But... <laughs> I was, I was, I was going to make some comment like that, but I was like, no, just be professional and drive. All right, uh, so, Neil, in... Two minutes or less, and, and and I think we've had a lot of good things to say, and I hope everybody listens to this and, and really, you know, considers it. And, um, first thing, you know, we have all of the discussions that went on throughout November that you can go back and read and all the back and forth posts made on this topic. And, and I'm sure that there will be a discussion thread put up about this podcast and the contents in it. But the goal here isn't to, to convince anybody that one way is right or one way is wrong. That's that's certainly not what I was intending when we set this podcast up. It's 
know, Neil, I know, is very strongly of the opinion that we should use it, and Kevin thinks that we should not use it, or at least that we should not use it in any significant manner. And, and it basically boils down to, and I, we probably should have clarified it more, but the, the, the real topic of discussion here is should we replace opponent's strength of schedule with differential? And one of the topics that wasn't discussed, and, and neither of you are big first edition players, so I don't want to get into it too much, but was we, we're trying to get both games running off the same system, same organized play system, so that you don't have to remember when I sit down to play first edition that differential matters and is used in pairings and then it isn't in second edition. So the, the end goal is to get them to both, as much as we can, without jarring anyone, run on the same organized play system. With that being said, this is this is just simply intended for you guys out there in the audience to listen to, to help you understand the concepts and understand the pros and cons and make an informed decision throughout December so that when our organized play team sits down in January to you know, revise the organized play guide and, and plan out the upcoming schedule. We have, you know, informed decisions from the majority of the community. So with that being said, Neil, give me your two to three minute argument for why the people listening to this podcast should vote to use differential in the tiebreaking system, probably replacing the opponent's strength of schedule. I, I believe that people should use uh, differential below the strength of schedule as a tiebreaker because differential is a a very good marker of, of how how a game went. I, I know the arguments have been that sometimes games can be close but are blowouts, and sometimes games can be uh, far away but were close. But the vast majority of games, uh, the score is usually a pretty good representation of what happened during the game. So. We should reward the players for, for how they for how they uh, played the game. Uh, it, it, it rewards a player largely for, for beating an opponent, but it also rewards a player for finishing a game when you know you're not going to win, but you know you can complete that last mission just to steal that guy's differential points away. But I think all those arguments kind of fall by the wayside because I believe we should put differential below strength of schedule, so it's actually not really going to come into play that often, and it's not going to be a significant tiebreaker. It's only going to come into play uh, one out of every 20 tournaments when strength of schedule uh, is not valid or, or falls down on itself. Uh, the strength of differential, I believe, however, is that differential is a way to determine one player doing better over another player, and it does not have anything to do with strength of schedule, so that we can use both differential and strength of schedule in conjunction to make a system that will take care of, 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 of a very high percentage of our tournaments without turning to a, a lower uh, tiebreaker or, or any tiebreaker below that, and so that we can eliminate tournament ties altogether and we can actually have tournament rankings, so we can uh, uh, make sure that, the, that that those good that we don't have hiccups in the system. So, okay, uh, good. I, Kevin, why don't you go ahead and give your your closing argument, so to speak, for not using differential ahead of opponent strength schedule? Okay. Uh, basically, uh, differential, in my opinion, and and. I'm probably not the only person who has this opinion, but a differential is essentially, it was not designed to be with second edition. It was designed to be with first edition. It was not designed to be with second edition. Second edition is an entirely different game. It's an entirely different animal. And we shouldn't shoehorn uh, a scoring system or a tiebreaker system into something that was not designed to have that. Uh, the, Star Trek Second Edition as a game and the scoring system, the different, you know, the tiebreaker system, they are a house and they are a foundation together. And if you put differential, you are either altering the house or you are altering the foundation. And if you do that, you risk it crumbling. Now, it may solve a problem. It may solve some issues that you're having. But I believe that there is a much better way that those problems and those issues could be solved that are probably a lot easier. And you don't shoehorn something 
You don't shoehorn two things together that were not really designed to be with each other. Differential has its own problems. It, it comes with uh, the reality that uh, it's going to encourage or discourage certain strategies. It's going to cause people to maybe collude. It's going gonna, it's gonna to affect people's deck choices and their decision making. Uh, there are decks out there that are kind of on the fringe that if you if you include differential as a tiebreaker, you really you give another reason for people not to use those strategies in high level tournaments. And one thing that a high level large turnout tournament should have is 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 uh, is a variety of decks. Uh, that's what makes the game fun is to have variety. And if you use differential, you've just added another another item on the list of a reason why you should or should not use a deck and you've just added another reason uh or another uh, another uh, another thing is going to create much you know more homogenous decks uh, there's going to be more similar decks showing up to tournaments you're going to lose a bit of that diversity because of it and then uh, the big reason is that, is that in my opinion having experienced it is a differential in its own way at times creates a negative play a negative play experience. And I talked before about uh, playing first edition and people being encouraged to blow me out of the water as fast as possible and as ruthlessly as possible. And then there is the opposite of that where a person may they may play a deck with they, they don't think they're gonna win a tournament, so they show up with a deck that does nothing more than needle opponents out of differential points just to I guess screw them over. But you know, one thing that you one thing that you do is is that you you don't encourage mid range decks at all with differential. Uh, you don't allow people to use strategies that are mid range that take a little bit of time to set up, but then when they set up, they can be powerful because the opponent will have scored a lot of points or at least a moderate number of, of points before then. Uh, and I don't think that that's right because the game was not designed to a kind to to have that happen. I said this before, uh, the game was designed with the scoring system in place and vice versa. And if you, if you put in differential, you're going to have a situation where mid range decks that were once given encouragement and free reign to show up, they're being massively discouraged. And I really do not think it's a good idea to have a game where you're encouraging, uh, you're encouraging extremist decks, decks that are either extremely fast or extremely control oriented and, and discouraging those middle of the road, mid range decks that can be just as much fun to play and just as, just as powerful and just as potent as any other. Well said, both of you. Now I want to let everybody know, first of all, when this podcast is up, you'll be able to go to our front page and there'll be links all over the site for our organized play survey. It's a big, long survey, so but you've got a whole month to work on it. You can save your progress. So please, everybody, no matter what your opinions are on, on any of these issues, cast your votes in the survey because that's the only way the Continuing Committee will know what you think. Second of all, I don't want you to think that that if we change something, it's the end of the game and that all this is going to fall apart. You know, Kevin's a very eloquent speaker with, uh, excellent analogies, but I mean, if we if we decide to try differential in 2011, it's not going to ruin second edition because nothing that we're going to put into play is going to be you know carved into stone and bequeathed from on high. If we try, if we decide to try a differential, no matter what we decide to try, I mean, I'm sure it's going to be done on a we're going to try this out for regionals and see and then reevaluate it or we're going to try this out for the whole championship season and then reevaluate it you know the input of the community is invaluable and if we make it i as the chairman and everybody on the continuing committee has never been afraid to say hey we messed up we're going to try a different trick you know so no matter what decision is made i don't think anyone needs to, to and i'm sure both kevin and neil would agree with me no one needs to panic that, oh, the game's ruined and it's going to be gone in a year. That's just not going to happen. It'll, we'd never let that happen. You know, we, we can't be afraid to try something new, but we also can't be afraid to admit, hey, we messed up. That didn't work. Let's try something else. Thanks to Kevin and thanks to Neil for joining us. Gentlemen, I know you have a lot to do and I appreciate you being on. Uh, my pleasure to be on here, Charlie. Cool. You want to make an podcast? 
Oh yeah, it's gonna be a great podcast. So, with that being said, I'm going to bid you adieu until next week. like to be a guest on an upcoming episode of an hour with the continuing committee if so visit our website at www.trekcc.org forums and send a private message to midnight lich that's m-i-d-n-i-g-h-t capital l-i-c-h